Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. All right, good morning to everybody this morning. So good to see you. You are all so chatty, which is great to see. Um, just want to put our hands together for Lou and Ashley this morning, who have done an amazing job. Lou Carney is actually uh, married to Michaela, who did the communion thought this morning. Um, how cool is that? So super cool, eh? Um, and for, for those who don't know me, I am, my name is Dave King, and my wife Michelle and I, we pastor the location here, and uh, we just love to see you all here on a Sunday morning. It's so super cool. Um, this morning, I'm going to preach a message, and I need your prayers because I'm going to preach a shorter message, all right? So um, if, if you know me, I'm never short on words. So um, this morning, I'm going to try and preach a shorter message with the idea that I want to pray for some people this morning, and actually the prophetic is going to, um, we want to speak the prophetic. Um, today's message is going to be focused on our current message theme, which is discipleship which is that we're all called to be disciples, we're all called to be the church. And um, this message is going to be kind of cool because if you feel like you've got a word for somebody this morning, um, I'm just going to put a number up on the screen right now. This is a number you can text it to, all right? So if you want to write it down now, I've, I put this out to the Dream Team yesterday and we've already got maybe a dozen uh, words for people, which is going to be really cool. What I, what I said to them was maybe just don't put a name on it um, unless you've specifically got a word for somebody specifically because like maybe it's for more than one person and there might be even more than one word for you this morning, so you never know. So that's the aim. Um, I'm going to preach a sermon today uh, called The Floating Axe heads, which is found in Second Kings, and I just wanted to acknowledge this in case you're all worried about this. I do have an axe, all right. So I love a good illustration. I can promise you that I will do nothing with this. I'm just going to leave it here and talk about it, all right. So this is called the floating axe heads. Now I borrowed this axe from a good mate of mine, Handyman Dan, um, uh, handymandan.co.nz. I don't know what <laughs> what's your website. Who knows? <laughs> but. I found it something interesting this morning as he handed it to me. Um, his wife, Julia, said, hey, I think that's my axe. <laughs> so, so anyway, who knows, but we're going to talk about the floating axe heads. The last time, I, I don't know if you checked, but the last time that uh, an axe went in the water for me, it did not float, all right? So we're going to talk about that this morning. So here we go. Um, one thing I love about the Old Testament Scriptures is it actually shows us something about the character and the nature of God. You know, it's like, some people said to me, oh, why do we even have the Old Testament? You know, it's kind of like it's been, if you understand um, New Testament theology, it's being fulfilled and Jesus is actually coming. But the thing about the Old Testament is it actually shows us some cool stuff about the character and the nature of God. So um, this Scripture I'm gonna preach from is one of my most favourite Scriptures, I think, in the Old Testament. I keep on coming back to it. it kind of, it's kind of quite obscure, but it's really kind of cool. So here we go. Uh, floating axes. Second Kings chapter 6, and we're going to read this, the first seven verses only, okay? Second Kings 6, verses 1 to 7. One day the group of the prophets came to Elisha, and they told him, as you can see, this place where we meet for you is too small. So let's go down to the Jordan River, 
where there are plenty of logs and there we can build a new place for us to meet. So right, so the place is too small. They want to go out to a uh, bigger place. That is not the case this morning. We are not fully full in here. Actually, I was here on Friday for a prize giving. The whole place was packed and I thought, this would be great, man. One day on a Sunday morning, I'm going to speak at the being that we'll be totally full in here. And we need to go down to the River Jordan or the River Mai Tai, whatever it's called, and build a new place. So at any rate, they said, um, all right, he told them, go ahead. So he just goes, okay, if you want to go build it, you guys go and investigate it. But they said to him, please come with us, someone suggested. So he said, okay, I will. So he went with them. And when they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting the tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried. This was a borrowed axe. It was borrowed. He didn't even own an axe, these guys. They had to borrow them. So Elisha said to him, where did it fall? And they showed him the place and Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water at that spot. And then the axe head floated to the surface and he said, reach out and grab it. So the man reached out and he grabbed the axe head as whereabouts it floated. Um, I just want to get some context for the scripture because I think it's really important. So this is at a time of history which is not just a metaphorical Bible verse. We actually believe this historically happened, that Elijah was a, was a person that actually lived. Elisha was his, his disciple, and, he, and Elisha had disciples. And that this was a time where the works of the prophets and the, men's, the men of God, and also the men from, from Baal and stuff like that, they were all kind of like a happening thing. I kind of think it was a little bit like the, the land of Lord of the Rings, maybe, where actually things like that were actually going on back then. Because remember, we didn't have Jesus or the Holy Spirit here at that time, so we really needed the, the men of God. Uh, just a couple of chapters earlier, we've seen Elijah call down fire from heaven and a challenge to the prophets of Baal. Elijah was famous. Everybody knew who he was. He was a kind of a big deal. He was the man of God. Um, he had done amazing things. And in fact, uh, he's one of the only people in the Bible that is recorded as not dying. Like, I don't know if you know this, but it actually says that, that Elijah was actually taken up on a chariot of fire and into heaven, which is real cool. And then when you read it, it talks about this big whirlwind that came down that Elisha was there for. Just prior to that, uh, Elisha, which was his, uh, his disciple, had actually asked for his anointing. In fact, he actually said, I want a double anointing, which is quite greedy, but it was really, it was really great that he asked for it. Uh, we know that about Elisha, we know quite a few good things about Elisha. We know, number one, that he was a guy that was actually a farmer. He loved to be out on the farm. We know that he also uh, loved meat as well, which is, for me, is a great thing. If you don't know, I run a barbecue business as well, so I love, I love good meat. Um, what it said is that when Elijah came to him and actually said to him, you should follow me, he said, let me go and bury my mother and my father first. And he said, okay, off you go. And then what it said was he actually slaughtered his oxen and he actually used his plow for wood and he roasted the meat of the oxen. And he not only fed himself and his family, and his mother and his father, because uh, he actually, because they weren't actually dead when he said, let me go bury them. What he was saying was, give me a bit more time. And he went and he actually fed everybody and he actually gave them all the food from it. So we know that. We know that uh, he was also bald. It's something really interesting that, like my good man Dan down here, he, he had the glory of God upon his head. And um, actually the scripture, there's two verses here 
where the Bible tells us this in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 23 and 24. It's one of the most obscure scriptures. It says, From there Elisha went to Bethel, and he was walking along the road. So he's just performed his first ever miracle. Elijah's gone. Um, and it said here that some boys came out from the town and jeered him. And they said, get out of here, Baldy. I mean, what sort of, you know, what sort of insult was that? But apparently it was. Get out of, get out of here, Baldy. Just go back one. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's, they just repeated it. Click on. Uh, he then turned around and looked at them and called upon them the curse and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the boys. I mean, how crazy is that? Like, like this is actually recorded in Scripture. Why did that happen? Anyway, it's, it's graphic. I, I love a good story like this. Um, anyway, then Elisha at this point, when we meet him in the Scripture, Second Kings chapter 6, he's now the man of God. Okay, Elijah's gone. He's been performing many miracles. He's been raising the dead. He's been healing people of leprosy. He's been feeding people miraculously. And I do mean like thousands of people from Nixon, no food and all sorts of stuff. In fact, there are so many parallels between Elisha and Jesus' ministry. There are just so, so I mean, like there's one of these scriptures where Elisha goes and lays down on the, uh, the, the rich lady's dead son and breathes life into him. And he actually gets raised from the dead. So this was happening in the Old Testament, even before the Holy Spirit. And in the scripture, there are actually three levels of discipleship going on. They are this. So there's Elijah, then there's Elisha, and then Elisha has got his disciples, and these are labeled here as the group of the prophets. And these are the guys that come to Elisha and they say, This place is too small for us. We need to go on and do something. Now, clearly they didn't have a business mind about them because they didn't have the right resources. They didn't have the right things that they needed to be moving on, but yet they were called to do it. Let me tell you this, when uh, God uh, starts moving in your life, there are gonna be people that are drawn to you, just like this happened with Elisha. They're gonna come around and all sorts of good things are gonna happen in your life. And there are gonna be people that are really interested in what's going on, but it may not be all rosy and plain sailing. So there are some things that we wanna learn actually from the Scripture. Number one, uh, in the Scripture, as I just said, they don't have enough resources. They don't have enough money. They don't have enough equipment. But the most peculiar thing happens they feel like it's time to expand, even though it's not actually possible, right? God's actually calling them to move on to a new land, a new place, to actually build something even bigger. When this happens and you feel like there's something in a time of change, and I believe today that this is for somebody here that needs to hear this, you know, it means one of two things. We need to assess this. If it's done, it's time to put that thing aside and focus on the next thing. And that's actually your word I feel that someone needs to hear today, that maybe there's been something you've been holding on to, that God's actually saying, okay, actually that season's done, that thing that you're involved in is done, and it's actually time to move on. That could be for you today. Now, number two, it could mean this, and it's most likely this, that your season is going through a process, and that our only question is, will we trust God in this process? Will we actually say, God, it's not possible in the natural, but we're gonna do it anyway. I know that for Michelle and I, we had that moment when we went to buy a house. We literally got spoken to by God, you're gonna buy a home this year. We didn't have uh, much deposit in the bank. And you know, seriously, with about a month, we actually owned our own home, which has enabled us to build our business and everything that we do. But the interesting thing was, is that, they gave their, their, uh, their desire to move on to wise counsel. So in verse two, they said, they said this, 
Let's go down to the, the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs and there we can build a place for us to meet. And then he goes, all right, go ahead. And they said this, would you come with us, someone suggested. In other words, what do you think about the plan? Am I on board with this? Is this the right thing I should be doing? They didn't just go ahead. They just said, look, we feel like we should go, but um, Elisha, what do you think? Do you think that this is a wise thing to do? Or do you think it's an unwise thing to do? So I think when we get these calls, it's good to, as you pass it past people, they've actually got a gift of wisdom on their life. And as you check in, is this, am I actually hearing this correctly? And then he basically said, yeah, I will. I'm gonna go with them. Now, when it is time to move on or it's time to actually uh, step into a stage of growth, don't ask what is possible. That's the worst thing you could do. And actually, don't actually say, what can I actually achieve right now? The question is, what's God calling you to? Because if God's called you to it, He's gonna give you the skills you need. He's gonna give you the resources you need. He's gonna give you absolutely everything you need to go and do this thing. I mean, these guys actually are, they bo- I love this part. They borrowed the axe. Like I borrowed the axe from my mate Dan, or as it turns out, from Julia. <laughs> we borrowed this axe and, and they said that we needed the resource. There is nothing wrong with saying, I don't have what I need right now, but I know that God's calling me to a new season. God's calling me to a new phase of my life. I'm gonna put this down so it's not making anybody nervous. <laughs> and that God's actually calling you to go down there. They see in the scripture when they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting a tree down, the axe head fell into the river, and they they declared it was an, an uh, borrowed axe head. Man, I've used an old pick before, and as I'm coming up over my head, that the pick head's just gone flying off and into the bushes because those things, man, when they when they're broken, they are broken. Um, what you need to do is you need to realize that you want to stretch as far as you can and then a little bit further past the possible. This is what they call the Jesus gap. So this is the gap whereabouts you've got to bridge it with faith. Now, it's not being done with resources. It's not being um, unwise with these things, but it's actually saying, God, if you've called me to this, then when, how are we actually gonna get there? The reaching and stretching is about two things. It's about your personal stretching, and it's about what God is doing in our midst. And it's together, but it starts with me. And then it starts with you and then it goes collectively. Notice in the scripture that the man of God uh, was not the one that said we should move on. It didn't actually come from him. It came from other people, right? So this is actually about, uh, this is actually like, the, like a pro, the prophetic of what's happening right now where Jesus came and he fulfilled this thing where he said, it's not gonna be about the preachers and it's not gonna be about the people with a microphone. It's not gonna be about the people that are in government or, or in council or whatever it is. It's gonna be us as a collective, as a church, right? It's about you and me, it's about Tana and it's about Grant and it's about... Uh, Catherine, and it's about, about the whole team together. So it was the whole team together. So here's a question I want to ask you. What's going on? What was going on in that place that they all knew it was time to expand? I mean, something was going on. Something was happening in that place. He was about to do something. And as I just said before, God has fulfilled this promise to us now as all believers. I'm just going to finish this, uh, this uh, time and then we're going to move into some prophetic with the scripture here. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13 to 20, and it says this So prepare your minds for action and exercise self control. So there's actually a part for us to do here. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that would come to you in Jesus Christ as revealed to the world. 
So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but you must be holy in everything you do, just as God has chosen you to be holy. For the Scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the heavenly Father to whom you pray has got no favourites. So this is not about the man of God. It's not about the woman of God. It's about us actually stepping into what actually God's called us to do. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live your life in reverent fear or in reverent honour of Him during your time here as temporary residents. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you and that your empty life you inherited from your ancestors. But it is not paid with mere, with mere gold or silver, which loses their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose Him as your ransom before the world began. And now in the last days, He has been revealed for your sake. And just going to jump straight into 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And Lou, you can come. But you are not like that. You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for He called you out of the darkness and into this wonderful light. Uh, let me ask you a question. What are you, what are you called to do? What is it that God's put on your heart to do? What are the things that you've said, I want to do that, but I don't know if I've got it in me, or I don't know if I've got the right skill set? What are those things that God's actually asking you to do? If you set your mind on anything, and as it says in the Scripture, to seek first the kingdom of God, then He will add everything else to you, right? So seek first the kingdom of God, and He's going to add everything else. And that when God calls us to do something, there's some in your world saying that it can't be done, it shouldn't be done, maybe you shouldn't do it. But guess what? I want to tell you today that it should be done. And that things are going to happen in your life. That good things grow and, and growing things are healthy. And that God is going to cause axe heads to, fo- uh, to float in your life. That God is actually going to cause axe heads to float. Things that you thought were too heavy, things that you thought you couldn't carry, things that you thought that were gone. God is going to cause those things to live again in your life. I absolutely 100% Believe that. Do you believe it? One or two? Anybody else? Come on, man. It's so good. It seems like it seems a little bit crazy because this whole accident thing, but it's so so good. Uh, with that said, what we're going to do right now is we're just going to um, just move into a time of the prophetic and actually prophesy over some people. And we've actually um, I've sent out to some of our dream teamers and just said, if you've got a word, please text me that word. Uh, Douglas will bring that number up on the screen again. If you've got a word, please text it to me now. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to actually um, read them out. And then if that's you, uh, actually we can uh, we can leave the lights as that's fine. But maybe we can just shut our eyes to give people some privacy. And then if that's you, I'd love you to slip your hand up. And I would just love to pray for you if that's okay. And we're just going to whip through them because I've got about 12 of them or so. So let's, so let's get going. Donna, can I grab my phone? So I've got, the, uh, got them on there. Okay, number one. Let's just pray first. Lord God, just thank you for this morning. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. We thank you for the floating axes in people's lives. Lord God, the metaphorical, Lord God, word that there are things in our life, Lord God, that need to float again. Things that you're calling us to, Lord God. We thank you that you care so much about us that right now in this, this place, right now here in this time, that you wanna speak directly to us and directly to our souls. So Lord, I just pray that as these words are read, that you would just pinpoint the heart for people, that that would be what, that they would know that that's for them. And right now as I read these words, it, you'll probably just feel a little bit of a race in your heart rate, maybe a little rise in the temperature, even though it's like an icebox in here. 
Uh, you'll feel that little bit, maybe like a, like a tingling on your head, maybe there could be a number of things, or maybe just a knowing, that's me. So here goes the first word is, I was actually doing some, uh, some gardening this week, which is not like me. <laughs> but anyway, I went into the garden and, and I saw that it was pretty clean uh, from weeds. But as I went in closer, I noticed that the weeds were right in and underneath the, uh, the shadow of the healthy plants. And as I got in, I realised that these, these roots had actually worked their way right, uh, right into the roots of the actual healthy plants. And that it was actually trying to suck up the nutrients out of there. And God spoke to me and said, there's somebody coming this Sunday who needs to hear this, that they know that there's been uh, weeds in the garden, things that have been sucking their life out and that this morning that God would want to remove those weeds. So I just wonder if, if that's you in this place, I'd love you, love you if you just slip up a hand, I'll pray for you. And it may be for more than one person as well, these words. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, Lord God, I thank you for this person with their hand up this morning. I just pray that you would, Lord God, uh, remove those weeds, Lord God, that they would not have things that would suck the life out of their life, that they would have the nutrients that they need and that they would have the courage to take, take, take away the things that remove the nutrients from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Dan, I hear a specific word for you, handyman Dan. Uh, his actual name is Daniel Frankie, for those that want to know. Um, the scripture from Kings chapter 2, verse 23 and 24, it wasn't the similarity of the Baldy part that, that got me when they said, go away, Baldy. But what it was that God spoke to me was that it doesn't matter what's been happening in the natural in the past because uh, you've entered a new season. You're in it right now. And God said to me quite clearly that no one can block your path that God would protect the path of those that, that love them so that the path you're on is the correct path and that God would actually tell you just to keep on living in that path. So I'm going to pray for you. Uh, Lord God, I just want to thank you for Dan this morning. I thank you for what you're going to do and his life, Lord God, and the path that he's on. I pray, Lord God, that you would just cause the miraculous to happen. Thank you, Lord God, even for that, that message of, of axe heads, Lord God, that he would know what it is to see the impossible happen. Lord God, for a blessing upon him and Julia as well, Lord God, and their marriage, Lord God, and their family. And I just pray, Lord God, for the mighty things of heaven, Lord God. I pray that there would be more than enough that he would need to even uh, bring on staff members in his business and that things would just grow and expand in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. The third one I've got here is somebody who said this phrase, I'm too dysfunctional for God. Uh, God wants you to know that that's not true. Uh, God is about to give you a revelation of His goodness and a revelation of your calling. That there's gonna be a fresh, a fresh sense of calling in your life. And that the key to this calling is the Word of God. That God would actually cause the, uh, the Word of God to come alive in your life. But the obedience for you is to read the Bible and to actually be in it daily. Even if it's just a couple of verses and God's gonna cause that to come alive in your place. So I just wonder if uh, who that who that's for this morning. Awesome, we've got several hands up. Lord God, we want to pray, Lord God, for these people. I just pray, Lord God, right now, Lord God, for your anointing upon them, Lord God, that they would understand they're not too dysfunctional for God. That they would understand, Lord God, that you've got such a love for them and such a, a brilliant passion for them. And I praise their obedience to your word and that they read it, that you would just cause something amazing to happen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, we had this one. Be, this one got texted in to me uh, yesterday. They said this: I believe someone has a shadow of doubt about something. It's a big decision that's looming, and there's a shadow of doubt in your mind. 
God wants you to know that He's saying the shadow isn't from Him, to allow the light to bust through that, to follow your peace on the decision, and He will bless it as you surrender it again to Him. So that is a shadow of doubt about a big decision you're making. I'm just wondering who is that for this morning? I'd love to pray for you. Thank you, Lord God. Lord God, thank you for the hand up right now. I pray, Lord God, that that, that person, Lord God, would be blessed by you as they, as they see that shadow of, of doubt, that that would turn into a, a light of hope. And that as they have the hope in you, they can trust in you. As I said earlier on today, that they would trust in the things of heaven and trust in the things that you're gonna do in their life. And I just pray for a blessing. Lord, I pray for such a calm, a spirit of calm over their life, a knowing beyond knowing for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Oh, this next one, um, there's actually from one person, but there's three different parts to it. So I'm gonna read out all three, and if that's you, I'm gonna pray for you. So number one, that God wants you to know that perfect love casts out all fear. And that somebody's actually facing a spirit of fear, but that perfect love is gonna overcome it. That's number one. Number two, that God would keep you in perfect peace, whose mind has stayed on you because He trusts in you. And the scripture reference for that is Isaiah 26 and verse three. And then number three is this. Uh, God gave this person a picture that was like a bowl of macaroni noodles. It's uh, interesting, isn't it? I love food analogies. <laughs> Someone thought they were perfectly content with macaroni noodles. Yet God says there's so much more for you. And He offers you a bountiful feast, a smorgasbord of food, a buffet, if you will, of fruits and vegetables. And if you keep on eating macaroni noodles, you'll eventually get scurvy. <laughs> And it's the saying with our spiritual life that God needs to give you a much richer diet so that God would actually do something amazing for you. So if one of those three is yours, I just would love to pray for you this morning. Just hands up wherever you are. Yep, multiple hands going up. Yep, three, four, five people. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray, Lord God, for these ones, Lord God, that have responded to your word this morning. Lord God, that perfect love would cast out fear. That, he, that you'll keep them in perfect peace when their mind has stayed on you and the people that trust in you. And Lord God, as for the people, Lord God, that are, that are having the macaroni, cheese, I just pray, Lord God, that you would actually give them a desire for so much more, that as they dig in deeper in us, that you would actually cause their teeth to grow strong and their bones to become strong and you'd give them strength. And it would just be like, there's a new diet that's just giving you a strength you didn't know that you had. Amazing. There's uh, another two words here. Um, one of them is for uh, a person who's they've actually named him and he's actually not here today, so I'm gonna pass it on to that person. Uh, the next person is for someone that said this. Uh, there's a sheep here who doesn't think they are white enough to, re- to receive salvation and God's love. It's like Michaela was talking about before, the sheep and the goats. They kind of feel like they're a bit of a goat, a bit of an outcast. And Jesus is calling you home. And the word here just simply says, come as you are. And it says, come now. What it says, now in capitals. Here's the open door and you need to come through Him. Just wonder if, if that's you in this place. If you'd feel comfortable, just want to slip up a hand. I can pray for you. Jesus is saying, come home. You don't feel like you're worthy, but He's saying, yes, you are. 
Lord God, I just pray, Lord God, for these ones this morning. Lord, that you would just cause them, Lord God, to understand that they are good enough, Lord God, for you. And that you would just bring such a peace to their life. Lord God, that you would be the one that would be central. And I just thank you for that in Jesus' name. All right, we're doing well with these. We've got a few more to go. Let's keep on going. Um, I see a battle-scarred gladiator. Thinking about somebody that looks like Tana down here. He, he's been fighting for his life in a battle against men uh, and wild beasts in the arena of spectators is watching on. But the battle is, is over now and you are victorious through Jesus. Don't be ashamed of those battle scars as they show the power and the grace of God. Oh, that's powerful. I'm eh? just going to read that one last time. Uh, it's a battle scar gladiator. Been fighting for life uh, in a battle against men and wild beasts in the arena of spectators is watching on. The battle is over now. You're victorious through Jesus. Don't be ashamed of those battle scars. The power and grace of God. If that's you this morning, I'd love to pray for you. Just pop your hand up. Awesome. Yeah, several hands going up. Awesome. Lord God, this morning, yeah, there we go. There's three hands anymore. Don't want to move on too fast. Four, five people. Lord, this morning, Lord God, thank you for that this morning. Just pray, Lord God, that they would be, be proud of uh, their battle scars. It would show... Uh, it would show the strength. It would show what they've been through and they, they can actually testify according, according to what you've done in their life. And you know, in Revelations, it talks about they overcame the beast by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. And they didn't love their life even as to death. So there's three, three keys there. The blood of the lamb. It's the word of your testimony. Don't ignore the word of your testimony. Don't ignore that. That's what you've got. God's given that to you. Those are the battle scars. And thirdly, to actually uh, not love your life according, uh, even to death. Got another one uh, here. Uh, he's planted you where you're meant to be for a specific reason. Hold fast. Know He is your foundation, not the shifting stuff around you. Not the people shifting around you because He is your foundation. Is that, who's that for here this morning? Yep, awesome. Cool. Yep. Four, five people. Awesome. Anybody else? Six. Yep, cool. Awesome. Awesome, Lord God, I just pray for these people, Lord God, that know that they are in the season for a specific purpose. I pray, Lord God, that you give them the strength. Even when we know we're called to a specific purpose, it's tough because we know that we have to walk the journey, even though sometimes we don't wanna be there. But I just thank you that even though the foundations shift around them, that you would cause a foundation to be firm amongst that. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Another word here from the same uh, person's text through. This is a different word. But let them be glad, those who turn aside to, uh, aside to hide themselves in you. May they keep shouting your joy forever. Overshadow them in your presence as they sing and rejoice. Then every lover of your name will burst forth in endless joy. Lord, how wonderful you bless the righteous. Your favour wraps around each one and covers them under your canopy of kindness and joy. Who's that for? Would love to pray for you this morning. Yeah, Lord God, I just want to thank you, Lord God, for this person. And I just pray that right now that you, they would continue to shout for joy, Lord God. There would be not an overshadowing, Lord God, of the anxiety, but instead they would actually have such a passion like never before. I thank you for that in your mighty name, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website.